The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Barron's Live. My name is Leslie Hendrickson. I'm a reporter at Mansion Global. Today with me is Brandy Snowden, Director of Member and Consumer Survey Research at the National Association of Realtors, Frank DiValdelcio, sorry, I'm Frank told me to call him because he has a long last name. Anyway, he's the Senior Sales Executive at the Keys Company in Florida, and Virginia K. Smith, who is also a reporter at Mansion Global. Welcome, Brandy, Frank, and Virginia. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Brandy, I want to say to you, um, the National Association of Realtors put out a report this spring about renovations. And we're talking about whether it's better to relocate or or to renovate. So what are some of the advantages to renovating, renovating versus relocating? So some of the advantages that we're seeing, um, especially given the lack of inventory that we're seeing in the market, um, we're seeing that some of our buyers are choosing to purchase previously owned homes. Um, and then also some um, potential sellers are looking to just renovate their home instead of um, putting their home on the market. So in our remodeling impact survey, we actually work um, with the Remodeling Industry Association, um, the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, um, to get their expertise from their members on 19 different remodeling projects. Um, and we look at their members to see what some of the, these projects might cost to um, homeowners or potential buyers. And then we also um, survey consumers about these projects that they might have completed recently um, to see their satisfaction and also the joy that they've gotten from these projects. Um, and then the final part of that is we look to our members um, who are have experience uh, working with uh, sellers and also buyers looking at these remodeled projects. So we asked them about the potential cost that they could recover from these projects. Gotcha. So what are some of the most popular changes that people reported back? So we look at this by interior and also exterior projects and um, kind of look at them in two ways. So looking at the cost recovery for these projects and also, um, like I mentioned before, the joy. So we assign a joy score with it. So with all of these projects from one to 10 to see if, um, look at how our um, consumers that recently took part in these projects, how they felt, how satisfied they were. Um, um, from taking these projects. So looking at interior projects first, we see that um, three of our projects actually recovered more than 100% of the cost um, to complete them. So our top cost recovery project was hardwood flooring refinish. Um, second was new, flood, new wood flooring, and then also installation upgrades. And then looking at our um, exterior projects, we also see that um, pull those up really quickly. So some of the top cost recovery was in 
installing a new roof and also a new garage door. And we also see that among these top projects, they also have um, pretty high joy scores associated with them. Gotcha. So how much value can people add with these kinds of renovations? So looking at um, hardwood for refinishing, we saw a recouped co um, cost recovery of 147%. Um, new, floor, new wood flooring was 118%, and then also insulation was 100%. Um, and then looking at our exterior projects, we saw that um, for the cost recovery of roofing was 100%, and also for a garage door was 100% also. Gotcha. And so what about for a person who's looking to either buy a, a new home or, you know, a previously lived in home versus renovating? Like, what are the what's the cost benefit analysis look like for them in today's market? So we see that um, if buyers are looking to purchase a previously owned home in comparison to a new home, um, obviously the costs will um, might be much lower if they're willing to take on that project. Um, we also see that some buyers are actually looking for specifically previously owned homes because they're um, wanting to do DIY projects or fix it up to their particular liking. And um, from taking on these projects, they're able to um, upgrade some of the worn out finishes that the home might currently have, um, adding in some of the materials they might like and improving the livability within that home. Um, and yeah, just being able to customize features within a previously owned home compared to um, needing to purchase a new home to add those in. Gotcha. Thank you. And so Virginia, I'm gonna um, ask you a few questions. You wrote the take article for Mansion Global that this talk is inspired by. And so what did you find when reporting this story? What are the, some of the most common reasons that people are looking to renovate as opposed to relocate? Yeah, um, so I think it was uh, really interesting because of something I heard again for different stories over and over throughout the pandemic was that everyone wants turnkey, no one wants a project. Like this was the theme for like two years straight. And it seems like for a lot of reasons, the cost benefit analysis has tipped very quickly for a lot of people. Um, and there's a bunch of factors. There's, you know, inventory has been notoriously tight. Um, there just aren't that many options. So if people are looking and they're not seeing anything that's in their price range or that's high quality inventory, they're just gonna say, okay, can I stay put and maybe make the most of what I have here, maybe add some value to my home. Um, also, I think a popular reason is if someone is in a really prime, hard to replicate location, like I've heard this in really prime areas of like San Francisco and Sydney, um, where you're not gonna be able to build something new, you're not gonna find something new, uh, it's it's worth it to take on that kind of a project. Um, and yeah, I think, I think those are two of the big reasons. There's tight inventory, there's desirable location, and then also, uh, well, I, I don't know, I might be jumping ahead, so I'll, I'll let you jump in. Right, thank you. Um, so when you were talking to folks, did you, get a sense of how much more hassle it is to renovate now compared to before the pandemic. And, you know, now we have all these supply chain issues and it's hard to hire contractors. So is there a sense of how much harder it is now to take on such a project? 
Um, yeah, it's definitely a lot harder. Uh, that has not changed. And I think it really says a lot about how many other market pressures there are right now that people are still willing to kind of go back to the drawing board and say, this is going to be a huge pain and more expensive than it would have been three years ago, but I'm still going to do it. Um, yeah, I wish I had a quantifiable number about like how much more it costs or how much more time it takes. But the bottom line is that everything is going to be more expensive. It's going to take more time. Um, you know, contractors are booked out like months and months and months, if not years. Um, and people are having to factor that in. Right. Um, so interest rates, of course, are rising. It's a big topic in the real estate world, and they have risen since this article was initially published. So do you think that that could mean even more renovations? Yeah, absolutely. And yes, I think um, since uh, this article came out in early May, I looked at it and I think interest rates have gone up by like 1.2% even in the last month. And they've really, I think, close to doubled in the last year. So that changes a lot of calculus. It changes... Um, how much house people can afford, you know, if you're paying 5% instead of 2.5%. Um, uh, that's a really big difference. And, um, you know, I think high-end buyers are not traditionally as uh, dramatically swayed by interest rates. But at the same time, you had a lot of people snapping up houses and getting loans because money felt like it was free. And that's not the case anymore. So um, it is, yeah, it's changing that dynamic. And if you have a home that's probably gone up a lot in value and you have that equity, you know, the change in interest rates might tip you over the edge into thinking, I might as well stay put, enjoy my equity, try to increase my value and quality of life here. Right. And what about you, Frank? What are you seeing from your Florida clients? Um, have the, has the interest rate affected their decision at all or is it more a supply and demand issue? So I'm, I'm in South Florida and Miami-Dade. Um, so I'll speak to that market, which is the one that I know well. Um, there, there is a slowdown in the speed of the sale. So there, that, that to me reflects that there's less buyers in the, in the lower price points, let's say, let's say less than a million dollars. The luxury market, however, is still very active. The luxury market still has a lot of demand uh, and the speed of the sale is still relatively fast. So... In the past, a, a luxury home above a million dollars may have sold within, frankly, two or three days after listing. We're probably seeing more like three or four weeks now. So it's, it's a change, but it's still moving much faster than it ever has here in South Florida. Right. Um, can I jump in with a tax question for Frank? Is that... Sure. Um, so something that I left out when I was uh, talking about different reasons that people are choosing to renovate is um, uh, tax factors. Like I think someone else I spoke to in Florida was saying that, you know, if you get a lot and then build on it, um, you know, the new value, whatever higher value that is, is not going to be assessed versus if you buy a really expensive new home out of the gate, you're going to be paying these high taxes on it. And I know that's Florida specific. So I'm curious, Frank, if you're seeing people build that into their calculations. Absolutely. What happens is people are falling in love again with the home that they originally bought, especially because now it's worth a lot more. So they still love the location. They love the home and they have all of this equity that they can reinvest into their home. So absolutely, there's a benefit in staying there. The alternative is if you go out and buy a new home, the new price point is much higher than when you bought years ago. So your property taxes 
are going to be higher. And that's part of the calculus. And on the flip side, you know, something, again, I've started hearing this, I think, even since this story came out a month ago, that tides seem to be turning a little bit. Inventory is kind of steadily increasing in a lot of U.S. markets. Is um, Do you think that could push people who are on the fence to say, you know what, maybe I will still relocate? I, I think we're getting more inventory and it's better inventory than traditionally we've had. I think what's happened is the, the homeowners realize the benefit of investing in the home. So uh, it's more attractive inventory than we've had traditionally, and it's bringing in buyers. I, I don't think we've lost the, the migration of buyers from the north. It may slow down now in the summer, but I think overall this migration will continue. We have big business moving into town. We have the great benefits of living in, in a sunny state with no taxes. So, you know, at Kai's, we've really enjoyed the, the migration of people from the north and from the west, from, from the states that there are state taxes in. I just want to remind our listeners that you can ask questions. So please feel free to do that and we'll get to them at the end of our uh, program. Um, Frank, I also wanted to ask you what amenities people are really looking for in their renovations. You know, what are they adding or taking away that they hadn't done before? Primarily the outdoor space, I would say. So here in South Florida, we enjoy six months of blissful weather, right? You can have your cup of coffee in the morning outside in the patio. You can have your wine and cheese in the patio watching TV in the evenings. So because we've had to spend two years at home, people have really invested in developing that area. Obviously the kitchens are still very important and so on, but the primary that I see is, is the investment on the outdoor space. Gotcha. Sometimes people add very specific amenities to their homes, things that they enjoy that people may not, other people may not enjoy as much. Are there changes that people can make to a home that might make it harder to sell? It's funny you bring that up. We're, we're working with a seller right now who's making the changes, but they're very subtle changes. She likes color. So one of the rooms might be pink for her daughter and blue for her son. And there might be some things in that room that pertain to that child. So that's an easy change to bring back. Uh, I think what you're referring to is, is more, perhaps more infrastructure changes. For example, somebody built a koi pond in the back of their home and expected to get more money for that. Well, most buyers don't want a koi pond, so they're not going to get their money back. Right. Um, it's also true that investors have been snapping up homes all around the U.S. at record levels, and they often flip them you know, a year or so later. So are there things that buyers should be looking out for in such a case to make sure that the renovations are good renovations and not going to cause them problems down the line? Absolutely. Absolutely. We encourage all of our buyers to run inspections on the home, uh, detailed inspections. And further, make sure that when we do during the, the uh, due diligence period that we investigate any permits that are left open or if there's any work that was not permitted, that we become aware of it during the due diligence period to allow our buyers to get out of the deal if it was not done right. So it's it's a great point that has to be addressed early on in the transaction. 
And the same on the, on the flip side, is it sort of the same process to figure out if a home is has good bones and just needs sort of a re refresh, but not a gut renovation? Yeah, it depends on the motivation of the buyer. There has to be there has to be a financial um, benefit to the buyer to take on that project, uh, along with the location, perhaps, or other things that are important to the buyer. Um, but, but the additional factor besides the cost is the time to get the work done, right? I mean, we have a buyer that purchased a home earlier this year and is remodeling it, and he's factoring a year to finish the remodel. So he's carrying two homes in the same time because the remodel is going to take him so long. Right. Right. So we have a question from Jerry, uh, one of our listeners. And I'd like to start with you on this, Brandy. Um, if you are deciding to build a home in the backdrop of today's market, would you proceed now over the year and why? Um, so I guess looking at um, where we see mortgage rates, I guess, going, um, if that's a factor that they're looking at. Um, I think that we're projecting to see them um, maybe still increase uh, for this year. So um, I guess it would depend if that was important to them. But um, if mortgage rates are still increasing, it might limit the um, types of homes or where they might be able to look for a home um, if they're waiting a year. And Frank, what do you think? Would you build a home now or or wait jump in now i mean uh, the prices are going to keep going up i i don't see right now with this population migration and with jobs the way they are and the economy doing as well as it is here in south florida waiting is going to cost you money um i would also jump in that a principle that it just comes up with a lot of people that i talk to for a lot of different stories that uh, a lot of like the really core advice comes back to rather than focusing on trying to time the market in various ways as, you know, as deftly as possible. Like most people can't really do that. You don't have a crystal ball. And at the end of the day, unless you're a developer, like this is your home, this is your life, this is where you live. So if there's something you want to do, like just do it at the time that works for you and start now. And, you know, um, if it ends up not being the perfect investment in retrospect, like it's not your stock portfolio. That's not entirely the point of your home. Right. Right. You, you are going to live there and you want to invest in your the quality of your life as well. Yeah, exactly. Leslie, if I can jump in, I think yeah. the report that you guys did, Brandy, was beautiful because you measured joy, right? Right. Yes. Not yes. tangible, but isn't that really the motivation of anybody to do remodeling? Um, and, and yes, there's a financial component. I, I grant you that. But, you know, enjoying your backyard, enjoying your kitchen, enjoying coming home, I think is is largely the motivation people will use to make the remodel. So I, I love that. And I'm going to borrow that, Brandy. Yep. Um, and we're definitely seeing that. I mean, we've seen throughout the pandemic that more people are spending time at home. So taking on these remodeling projects that are going to make it more comfortable and more livable for them, um, including adding in new home offices um, 
And like you mentioned before, paint color is easy to change. And that was one of the highest joy scores that we saw. Interesting. Were there a lot of outdoor renovations that were discussed in the report, Brandy? Um, not in this particular report. We do have a separate remodeling um, outdoor features that go into a lot of the um, uh, modeling of like backyards and adding in those kinds of features. Um, this one is particularly um, the features outside that are on the home. Right, that's sad and those kinds of details. Virginia, in your story, you um, also mentioned in California, a lot of people are thinking about accessory dwelling units and you know, adding a, a guest cottage or a second residence or even studio on the property. Do you think that that will continue as well, especially with California's housing crunch? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you, it's almost like if you now have the ability to do that and you have the funding, uh, why wouldn't you? Um, it adds a lot of flexibility and a lot of value to your property. And um, I think that's one of the more, I don't have numbers on it, but, uh, you know, a lot of these things like will probably add long-term value to your property, but adding an accessory dwelling unit that, you know, you could have guests in or you could maybe rent it out or whatever the case may be, that's going to be such a boon to your value and is still cheaper than buying a new home in California. Right. And your mother-in-law can stay as well. <laughs> um, we have another question from Valerie, one of our listeners, which um, is asking about options and considerations for new buyers. Um, so if someone was, you know, just getting into the market, what should they be looking for um, in terms of buying a new place? Frank, do you want to start with that one? Well, that's that's a great question, and it's really specific to each buyer. What is what is your motivation to, to move? What is important location-wise? Is it the commute to work? Is it the commute for the school? Is it what is important in your lifestyle to pick that area? And then once you zero in on an area, then let's talk about budgets and what can you afford to buy in that area. So work your way to a home that satisfies your lifestyle. The opposite of that is someone will say, I'll buy a beautiful home and move in it, but then they're an hour and a half away from work. So you really want to think about that on the front. I would want to think about that on the front end. Right. Um, I would also add something really interesting that came up when I was uh, reporting this article is, you know, we mentioned earlier that sometimes like people go into a place that's been flipped and it looks new and it turns out the renovations are kind of low quality. Um, the other side of that coin, this was specific to the New York market, but I think it can be true in a lot of other places. Uh, a broker I was speaking with mentioned that there are all these kind of old brownstones and townhouses and that might, you know, it's not in traditional like first time buyer price range, but uh, a lot of them are these amazing old houses with families who've lived in them for 20, 30 years and really carefully taking care of them. Um, so like the finishes might be outdated. The kitchen might not look like what you have in your head, but they've like done the roof, like the electric is great. It's been really lovingly cared for. So then you can take something like that that maybe people might not be clamoring for, but only needs really pretty cosmetic changes. And um, I think to Frank's point, you know, if it has great bones, if it's in a location you want, then you can zero in on those as your priorities and figure out what you can kind of compromise on and then also maybe see through the weeds on things that are being overlooked. If, if I can tag on to that, uh, taking it further to new construction, and we're seeing it in this market everywhere. Um, I, I learned a 
term recently, it's called value engineering. And what happens is the builder makes this beautiful presentation of what the home is going to look like. And you buy that. Once your money's in, they start cutting corners, not because they want to, or it's, it's a negative way. It could be supply chain. It could be availability. It could be the timing. They want their money sooner than later. So they're on a different agenda than you are as the buyer. When you do your own work, you may take longer. You'll take that year and do it yourself, but do it to your satisfaction. When you do it in the, on, the, on the builder's agenda, it's going to be a different product that you're probably going to end up changing afterwards anyway. Right. People sort of become motivators and relocators. They fall into both camps. I missed what you said. I'm sorry. The people are doing both things. They're relocating and then renovating as well when they're investing in some of these yes. homes that may have great bones but aren't necessarily, you know, with the most modern finishes. It's interesting. Um, so we're almost out of time, but I wanted to get a sense from each of you what you think the next six months will bring. You know, we're halfway through 2022. So what do, what do you think the outlook will be at the beginning of next year? Frank, do you want to start? My crystal ball is broken. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say this, that, that the demand is still high. My expectation is that it'll stay steady throughout the remainder of the year, just looking at our pipeline. Um, as to next year, I mean, we're getting closer and closer to an election. So I think the volatility is going to be less than, than if we were further away from an election. It's in everybody's interest. So my expectation is that we're going to stay pretty steady going forward for the next year and a half or so. Brandy, do you have any thoughts? Um, so we're still expecting to see uh, prices, home prices increase um, throughout the rest of the year. So um, definitely some of the things we talked about today may become more popular among um, current home buyer or current home owners and potential home buyers to take on these remodeling projects, um, especially um, since they can even take their time doing them. Um, don't need to redo the entire home just to live in it. So um, being able to choose which projects are most important to them to be able to continue living in their home. Thank you. Virginia, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think, you know, what Frank and Brandy said is spot on and all of us have kind of learned after the last two years not to make uh, strong predictions, <laughs> um, but it looks like, you know, more inventory is opening up in the market. People I've spoken with for other stories have mentioned that in market, markets where they were seeing crazy bidding wars now, they'll get like one or two offers on a property. And it doesn't mean prices are going down, but it means the environment is a little less crazy for buyers. Um, so, you know, we might like hit a high plateau, but yeah, you know, it's still tight. Prices are not going down. Interest rates are still going up. Uh, I would guess that you're going to see more people making this calculation to stay where they are and deal with the hassle of fixing it up. Right. Well, thank you all so much for being here. And thanks to our audience for tuning in. Please join us back here on Monday when Barron's Lauren Rublin and Nick Jessinki speak with Nuvin Chief Investment Officer Sarah Malik about the outlook for stocks, bonds, and commodities in the U.S. and abroad. Thank you all for listening and have a great weekend. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.